0: You might find it strange, but uh, one thing that I absolutely love is I, I love words. Uh, I'm fascinated by words. Words have meaning. Words have consequences. Words have uh, power. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not flippant. I write a lot of words. Every single week I write 30 to 35 minutes worth of content and I'm, I'm very, very careful to, uh, to use words in, in correct ways, in ways that are meaningful and poignant. Um, and as, as I try to be careful with words that I use, I occasionally will go onto Google to make sure that I'm using them correctly. And one thing I love about the Google definition search is that it provides more than just definitions. So if you click on a button that says translations and more definitions it shows you how often a word has been used in literature and academic works for whatever time period that you, uh, that you set out. And so this week I did a, a comparative study. I first looked at the word joy and how, how often joy is used in literature from 1800 until today. And I have a, a little graph on there that shows that uh, back in 1800, you can see the word joy was used in, in literature and in academia much more than it was today. Obviously from there, it just went you know sort of downhill and it's taking a little bit of an upswing, but by and large, it's not close to how much it had been used uh, 220 years ago. And then I did a study on the word fear and that's the second graph that I have on here you can see that fear was used probably just about as much back 220 years ago, but it has not taken as sharp a dive as uh, as joy. And you can see that it actually has a little bit higher of an uptick. And so when you compare, there's a green line on there too, by the way, the green line uh, it's just case-sensitive, capital F and, and small f. But here's a comparative. When you look at the two over the last 220 years, the two words that have been used in literature and in academia, uh, in, in all of Google's books that they have searched, you can see that fear is thought about way more often than joy. Fear is, is absolutely dominant it is the thing that gets our attention the most, and certainly this year, there, we've been dominated by, uh, by things to be fearful of. Obviously, we have this virus that's been going on and still continues to, to rage on, and, and um, you know, in its wake, there are economic issues, there are healthcare issues, there are educational issues, relationship issues that have come with it, the, and the list goes on and on, and it really feels like the deck is stacked against us, when it comes to wanting joy uh, instead of, of fear. But as Christmas comes, it takes on these challenges. Christmas is meant to take on fear, and it's meant to bring on joy. And not just joy during a season, but lasting joy. One that dispels despondence and hopelessness. One that, cur- that cuts through the darkness and gives a new perspective on life. So tonight, I want to direct our focus really in, in two Uh, It's really pointing in the same direction, but two different things. The first is that we need to take on a disposition of joy. We need to take on a disposition of joy, to choose joy. If there's any profession in the the first century that needed a healthy dose of joy, it was the field of of shepherding. Uh, Sheep were incredibly important to Israelite economy, and also the, uh, the Jewish practices of religion. But as important as sheep were to the economy and to the, the religious life of Israel, the people that would take care of the sheep, sheeps, look uh, at my... Oh, thank you, thank you, yes. To take on those multiple sheep, uh, shepherds, were often looked at with disdain Uh, they were looked down uh, by the elites they were often dirty they were ceremoniously unclean because they couldn't attend religious events Uh, they were uh, regarded as second-class citizens verse 8 tells us however that these dirty unclean outcasts were the first ones that God's messengers told about Jesus' birth. And by the way, here's a uh, little thing for the next time that you're on Jeopardy. The word angel in Greek is angelos, which also means messenger as well. And so we're talking angels and messengers here are sending this good news. And this is what it says in verse eight of Luke chapter two. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping their keeping watch over their flock by night. So on this seemingly normal mundane average ordinary night that these shepherds are out in the field they're taking shifts so that some can sleep while others will watch over the 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 sheep here verse 9 tells us that an angel of the lord appeared to them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear And when we read of the glory of the Lord surrounding this angel, we're not talking about a 60 watt bulb here. We are talking about an overwhelming light one that if you were awake at that time you would still need to shield your eyes from so imagine if you had been one of those shepherds in a deep sleep and all of a sudden this bright light pops out of nowhere it was the glory of the lord if you remember back in the exodus that led the israelites by night in order to get where they were going these are brighter than your headlights on your car these are brighter than anything that you've experienced And they overwhelmed the shepherds. Now remember that these shepherds were people, uh, men that fought wolves and other predators and foxes that came into the sheepfold. They weren't afraid of much. But here, this angel appearing in this very bright light, they're absolutely terrified. But it's then that this angel, this messenger, he speaks up. And in verse 10, uh, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So even though this angel is totally scary, and every time that you see an angel showing up in Scripture, the person that encounters them is scared out of their wits. This angel is terrifying, but he employs the shepherds who were tough guys. And Look, don't fear. Don't worry. But rather take joy for something amazing has happened over in Bethlehem. You know, perhaps one of the, the biggest obstacles for uh, many folks when it comes to the idea of joy at Christmas time is that they equate it with happiness. It's not the same thing. They are not synonymous. Happiness is an emotion that is tied to an event or some sort of circumstance. And happiness can be fleeting. You can be happy with one thing, and as soon as the, the, the tides turn, uh, you, you might lose that emotion. But joy is something much deeper. Joy is an, an abiding feeling. It is a, uh, it's not even a feeling. It, it's a contentment. It is a state of mind that all is well, even if there's chaos all around us. It can involve happiness, but it's much more than being just an emotion. And so this angel who cornered the shepherds and told them that he brings good news of great joy corners us in our darkness and corners us in the issues that we are facing too and is still speaking to us today. Whatever we are facing today, we ought not to be gripped by dread or fear. It doesn't mean we're not cautious, but we don't need to be consumed by fear or dread. There is great joy to be had in the good news that this shepherd brings. Jesus, the light of the world, has been born. And because of that, we can do a second thing. And that is that we can find joy, true joy in Jesus. We can find joy in Jesus. In verse 11, the shepherd now tells what is good of this news and what is this great joy that it brings he says for unto you born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord Have you ever notice that the first part of this announcement has a striking striking resemblance to isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 which says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given Isaiah says that it's for unto us, and the shepherd sa- and the angel says to the shepherd, "For unto you a child is born. A child is born to people like Isaiah and shepherds, and people like us who recognize their their disposition of desperation, people who recognize their need for God, people who hunger and thirst for righteousness." The angel is saying that a savior has been born for those who struggle with addictions. A, a savior is born for those who are, who are facing loneliness today. An angel is born for those, a son is born for those who are in the pit of despair. A savior is born for those whose marriage is in absolute pieces. A savior is born for those who are heartbroken over the decisions of their children. A savior is born for someone that is struggling with loss. A savior is born to those who are weighted down by guilt and shame. A savior is born to victims of abuse. A Savior is born to those who are plagued with guilt. A Savior is born for the helpless, the hopeless, the destitute, the needy, and the hurting. A Savior is born for you this day. He is Christ the Lord. He is the Christ, which means He's the anointed one. He's not the chosen one because He's second to none. He is God incarnate who took on flesh. When he was born of a virgin, he took on all the qualities of what it means to be human, yet he was without sin. He is uniquely qualified to not only walk with you through all of life's struggles, trials, and temptations, but he's uniquely qualified to redeem them for in his life he lived in perfection in your stead in his suffering and in his death he took upon himself all the pains and all the ills and all of the suffering and in your place in his suffering and death he took upon himself our sins the punishment that we deserved He was raised from the dead and three days later he was risen from the dead and now lives with God the Father reigning on high all for our good. This is good news for you and for me. And it brings tidings of great joy. Whatever we're facing today Christ can redeem. You can be made new. These shepherds who were tending in darkness saw a light. You may be living in darkness today, but Christ can show you the light of his truth and change your life around. A light has shone on us, and we can experience life as it was meant to be in perfect relationship with our God. This Christmas, the angel is calling you to joy. Joy in Jesus. And the question is, how are you going to respond? Is it going to be like every other Christmas where you just go through the motions of the holidays and then go back and, and, and live the life that you lived and still have to deal with all those things that you've been dealing with? Or are you going to choose Joy. And put on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting that he is the one who was born to die for you. Find joy in the person and work of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Emmanuel Baptist Church in Mora, Minnesota. For more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.emmanuelmora.com or on Facebook by searching for Emmanuel Mora. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you'd like to partner with us in our mission, consider giving financially to our ministry. You can conveniently give right from your mobile device by texting any word to 320-313-1950. There are options for one-time giving or recurring gifts on a schedule that you set. Thanks again for listening. Emmanuel Mora, Knowing Christ and Making Him Known